This episode is brought to you by the members and donors to the show. For details or to sign up, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Rachel Maddow Show, The Young Turks, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, The Jimmy Dore Show, and Countdown with Keith Olbermann with a bonus video clip for our iPhone app users from The Young Turks. But we begin tonight with something that, frankly, we knew was coming. Something we knew was inevitable after right-wing activists and Fox News destroyed the community organizing group ACORN last year with supposedly incriminating videotapes that really weren't all that incriminating at all. That really weren't incriminating at all. This is not meant to excuse what ACORN has done wrong in the past, but the huge tide of negative publicity that followed these videotapes and the coverage they got on Fox wall-to-wall for months was bullpucky. It was a dishonest political stunt that bears no resemblance to journalism and no resemblance to the actual facts of what happened in those offices. But it worked. This organization has been shut down. Means be damned, in the end it worked. Who do you think is next on their list? Today we got an answer to that question, which I hoped at the time was just a rhetorical one. The same attack that helped take down Acorn last fall with supposedly incriminating videotapes has now claimed a new victim. Next on their list, it turns out, is this woman, an Obama administration employee named Shirley Sherrod. Up until yesterday, Shirley Sherrod was an official with the United States Department of Agriculture, with the USDA. She served as the USDA's Rural Development Director for the great state of Georgia. Ms. Sherrod resigned from that post yesterday, she claims under intense pressure from the Obama administration. Pressure that was apparently brought to bear after this. The same conservative website that posted the supposedly incriminating, but in the end just massively misleadingly edited acorn tapes, now has posted what it claims to be cold hard evidence of racism. Racism shown by an employee at the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The evidence was a video clip of Shirley Sherrod speaking at an NAACP event this March. And at that event, she recounts this story. The first time I was faced with having a pepper white farmer save his farm, he, he took a long time talking, but he was trying to show me he was superior to me. I know what he was doing. Damning evidence, right? A USDA official, a government official admitting on tape to racial discrimination, to withholding government assistance to white farmers, specifically because they're white. Stop the presses. Within hours of that clip being posted online and billed as evidence of a racist within the Obama administration, Fox News, understanding their role in this delicate, well-practiced dance, jumped all over it. 
Breaking news tonight about an agriculture department official caught on tape making racially charged comments to an NAACP audience. Well, that is simply unacceptable, and Ms. Sherrod must resign immediately. The federal government cannot have skin color deciding any assistance. And this is a Fox News alert. An Obama administration official resigned just a short time ago after she was caught on tape appearing to tell an audience that she had used her position to racially discriminate against white farmers. How's that for efficient? How's that for action? Fox News and a conservative website uncover what they say is an admitted racist in the Obama administration, and she is forced to resign immediately. The problem? There are a few ginormous asterisks that were left out of the initial breathless Fox News coverage. The conservative website that posted the video presented it as if it were a real-time admission of racism, an admission of racism happening now, actively, within the U.S. Agriculture Department. And that's how it was covered initially by Fox News. Here's how the video was set up. See this quote? Ms. Sherrod admits that in her federally appointed position overseeing a billion dollars, she discriminates against people due to their race. Damning, if that were actually true. Shirley Sherrod joined the USDA in 2009. Now, it is clear even from these edited tapes that what she was talking about here was a situation that took place a long time before that. Check this out. So I took him to a white lawyer that we had, that, that had attended some of the training that we had provided because Chapter 12 bankruptcy had just been enacted for the family farmer. Chapter 12 bankruptcy had just been enacted for the family farm. Chapter 12 bankruptcy for family farmers was enacted by the federal government in 1986. Ms. Sherrod on this tape was recounting a story that happened in the mid-80s, in 1986, more than 20 years before she took this job with the federal government. That reality that never made it into screaming Fox News headlines, though, like video shows USDA officials saying she didn't give full force of help to white farmer and government discrimination caught on tape. That's not actually at all what the tapes reveal. She wasn't working for the federal government in 1986 when this story took place. So that's the first thing. The situation she's discussing took place more than 20 years ago when Shirley Sherrod worked for a nonprofit organization, not for the federal government. But even more importantly, and you would never know this if you got all your information from Fox News, Shirley Sherrod never actually followed through on this idea of withholding help to the white farmer. The whole point of her telling this story was that in the end, she decided that her initial reaction was wrong. Having never been confronted with the opportunity or the possibility of helping a white farmer before, having always worked with black farmers, her initial reaction to the first opportunity to help a white farmer was wrong. This is the point of the story. The point of the story was that she should actually help the white farmers. And that's exactly what she did, as the couple in question explained on CNN earlier today. We were, we were going to lose our farm if something couldn't be done. And she, she jumped in there and she got everything lined up. And we went up there and, and, uh, uh, she, she done her, her, her level best. Had it not been for her assistance, would you have lost your farm, do you believe? I believe so. I believe so. I believe, absolutely. In all your time knowing, uh, Shirley Sherrod, has there ever been anything about her, uh, either through her attitude, her words, her opinions, or her behaviors, that would lead you to believe that she is in any way a racist? 
No. No way in the world. No way. No way. I it, it don't. I, I don't even want to talk about it. It don't. It don't make sense. So that's the aggrieved party. Those are the people to whom the racism happened. Shirley Sherrod helped those white farmers keep their farm in Georgia. After initially reacting negatively to them, she explained in this story, she helped them. She kept them out of bankruptcy. She recounted her initial negative reaction to explain why she's so glad that she did the right thing, that she helped those farmers. That's what happened. Unless, of course, you watch Fox News. Because a farmer was white, she doesn't extend the full helping hand to him. And she's touting this in this anecdote Uh as though this is, you know, a feather in her cap somehow for her to be congratulated. I mean, it's really a shocking admission. Yeah, yeah, right. Listen, listen to her touting this as a feather in her cap and asking to be congratulated. Here's part of Ms. Sherrod's unedited speech. This is what she said right before recounting that story of the white farmers. Listen. I made the commitment on the night of my father's death at the age of 17 that I would not leave the South, that I would stay in the South and devote my life to working for change. When I made that commitment, I was making that commitment to black people and to black people only. But you know, God will will show you things and he'll put things in your path so that that you realize that the struggle is really about poor people. All right, all right. And that's what she gets the congratulations for, because that's the point of her story. That context, the whole point of her story about working for poor people, not just for black people, about working in a colorblind way, that was left out of any of the clips posted of her speech and touted on Fox News. What is not really that interesting about this whole situation is the fact that Fox News is doing this. This is what Fox News does. This is how they are different from other news organizations. This is why the White House argued months ago that Fox should be treated as a media organization, but not as a normal news organization, because they don't treat news the way a normal news organization treats news. Just like the fake acorn controversy, Fox News knows that it has a role in this dance. That's not new. That's not actually even interesting about this scandal. Fox does what Fox does. That is dog bites man. That is not interesting. What is interesting about this story is that the Obama administration inexplicably keeps falling for it. Today, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack acknowledged that he asked for and accepted Shirley Sherrod's resignation after this supposed controversy came to light on Fox News. But apparently before anyone but Fox News and a conservative website got their say about what actually happened here. Dear White House, dear administration, believing conservative spin about what's so wrong with you and then giving in to that spin is not an effective defense against that spin. Just buying it and apologizing for it and, and doing whatever they want you to do doesn't make the problem of them lying about you go away. In fact, it makes it worse. After Fox News set its sights on Obama administration official Van Jones, Van Jones was very quickly booted out of his job. After Fox News went on this fake crusade against ACORN, the Obama administration cut 
all ties with the group, didn't even bother to mount a defense or wait till they had been investigated properly. Just let Fox News do it. They pushed an effort to defund ACORN. And now, after Fox News totally misrepresented USDA employee Shirley Sherrod, she's cut loose as well before the story can even make it into the mainstream media. If you keep falling for this sort of stunt, you are encouraging them. You are feeding a dog from the table and thereby encouraging that dog to beg at the table. After all the damage was already done today, after Fox News managed to force out Shirley Sherrod with a totally out-of-context smear job that made white people feel aggrieved about racism in a way that helps Fox News' politics, here's how Fox News decided to cover the end of this story. Did the White House essentially railroad an innocent woman in this because they are on edge themselves about the Van Jones controversy, the Black Panthers Party case, and other controversies? She was railroaded. Given how the Obama administration has reacted to previous cooked-up campaigns by Fox News and conservative activists, it was not impossible to see this coming. So I say again tonight, as I said back in April, the huge tide of negative publicity that followed these videotapes and the coverage they got on Fox wall-to-wall was a dishonest political stunt that bears no resemblance to journalism and no resemblance to the actual facts of what happened. But it worked. Means be damned, in the end, it worked. Like I said in April, who do you think is next on their list? I asked it months ago, and I'm asking it again now. Who's next? Let's be fair to Fox News. Uh, there is one guy who does consistently kick ass there, uh, and that is, of course, Shap Smith. He sounds a little like me <laughs> about how angry he is about this, and he'd like to take credit for not running the original clip on his show, where, whereas almost every other Fox uh, News show did. And he should receive credit for that. So let's go to his first clip here, clip number seven. The woman, Shirley Sherrod, an African-American employee of the United States uh, Department of Agriculture, resigned under what she described as pressure from the White House to do so after the conservative blogger and activist Andrew Breitbart published an edited video in which she seemed to observers to admit to anti-white discrimination. Except we now know that video was edited to take what she said and twist it completely. We do not know who edited the video, only that it was posted at BigGovernment.com. We now know her story was actually one of the life lessons learned the importance of racial harmony and her current mission to help the poor and disadvantaged of any and all races. The video taken completely out of context. It ran all over the interview and on television, including on this network. We on Studio B did not run the video and did not reference the story in any way for many reasons. Among them, we didn't know who shot it. We didn't know when it was shot. We didn't know the context of the statement and because the history of the videos on the site where it was posted. In short, we did not and do not trust the source. 
Nicely done, Shep. Man, that's a big elbow from the sky on Breitbart, let alone his own network. He says we do not trust that source because they have lied again and again and again. Okay, but Shep's not done yet. He's going to bring on Juan Williams and he's going to let Breitbart and Fox News and everybody else have it one more time. Go. The White House it says it is not, but it clearly is obsessed with Glenn Beck. And no doubt about it. I mean, anyone who doubted it can now stop doubting it. What happened was, according to Shirley Sherrod, she said on CNN, she said, they wanted me to, to resign my post. Mm -hmm. But apparently, she's like, I didn't do anything. They wanted her to resign, and they have her on the phone, and she's driving from one office to another in Georgia. She said a three-and-a-half-hour drive. She drives a while, they call. The undersecretary calls. Where are you now? I'm da -da -da -da. Where are you now? Finally, she's 45 minutes outside of, of Athens, Georgia, I believe. And they told her, pull over to the side of the road now to resign from an edited videotape on a widely discredited website that has had inaccurate postings of videos in the past edited to the point where the world was deceived. Yep. The NAACP had a copy of the video in its entirety pushed for her resignation. She says the White House, she says that the, the voice on the phone told her, the White House wants you to pull over and resign because, and I quote, you're going to be on Glenn Beck tonight. What in the world has happened to our industry and the White House? This is Sparta! <laughs> you go get him, Shep! You go get him. You rough talk him and run him off, okay? So, uh, look, Here's a guy on Fox News saying, what in the world has happened to the White House that they're taking their marching orders from this clown who follows me on this network? Okay, this Glenn Beck thing. Oh, no, you're going to be on Glenn Beck tonight. Well, bless Shep's heart for having a solid contract that he can go and say this stuff without fear of getting fired. He must have a hell of a contract over there. Nicely done, Shep. I love hearing from listeners who write in to tell me about how this show positively impacts their lives. It reinforces the idea that what I'm doing really may be making a little bit of a difference. What I love even more is that it's the support of the listeners themselves which makes this show possible. If you appreciate the service this show provides, you can make individual donations or become a member and donate $5 a month or even save a couple of bucks by paying for a year in advance. Member support gives me the time it takes to produce 10 shows per month and in return, members receive access to bonus audio and video content through members-only raw feeds. For details or to sign up, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. Here we go. Your first quote is the White House prematurely congratulating itself earlier this week. We took decisive action, and it's a good example of how to respond in this atmosphere. That, from Tuesday morning, was a White House deputy chief of staff talking about the decisive, smart, wise move they made in quickly firing whom? Uh, Shirley Sherrod. Very good. Yeah, Shirley Sherrod. The once and possibly future Department of Agriculture employee. It used to be, if you wanted to serve in public life, you couldn't say anything even remotely controversial in public. 
Turns out that was the good old days. Now you can't say anything that can be falsely re-edited by partisan websites to mean the opposite of what you actually said. You recommend remaining silent from birth until you get your job in the U.S. Department of Agriculture and then please conduct your work entirely in mime. So here's the good news out of this episode, this bizarre episode this week. The administration may be slow to fix things, but they screw them up real quick. They got rid of a blameless appointee because of a two-minute video cut from her 45-minute speech. They watched two minutes. They say, that's it. We get it. Turn it off. This explains why Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack thinks that The Wizard of Oz is a black-and-white film about a farm girl in Kansas. <laughs> Who dies in the storm. Who, yeah. Oh, he didn't get that far. <laughs> Guy's got the fastest moving Netflix queue in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go home every night. Did you know, this is actually interesting, I didn't realize this, that they actually forced her resignation before Fox News said anything about it. Really? It was all anticipatory. Oh, really? It's very proactive. It is. Yeah. There you go. Now if they could apply that kind of stuff to, I don't know, oil. Yeah. <laughs> We all know what happened with Shirley Sherrod. Um, Brett Breitbart uh, edited together a tape um, of her saying things that made her seem like she was saying them in the present day today and being racist and using her government position to uh, be racist towards white people. We all know the true story came out the next day. Right. The next day it was debunked by all the. And so Bill O'Reilly. So Chris Matthews, he does this thing um, where he try, the people who try to bend over backwards to go, well, Bill O'Reilly's a good guy. He's the moderate over at five. He's not a crazy. He'll be right. So here's what uh, Chris Matthews had to say about uh, Bill O'Reilly and uh, the Fox News story. So they had been pushing the Shirley Sherrod story already for a day. Chris Matthews comes on the next day, right? So on Monday, they were pushing the story. On Tuesday, Chris Matthews comes on, and the story's already been debunked. He's like this. We all know this is correct. And this is what he has to say about Bill O'Reilly. Okay. Now, I think, here's Bill O'Reilly last night on Fox. I think Bill, knowing Bill, is going to correct this tonight. I really hope he does. I think he will. But here he is operating in the same rash judgment the White House operated in. I should say the Department of Agriculture, backed up by the White House, the NAACP. Everybody has listing listing for footsteps on the on the on the liberal side of things on the progressive side so afraid to be tagged for counter racism or reverse racism here's bill o'reilly last day. and again i think he's going to correct this tonight i'm betting on it okay so he was betting on it he was betting that bill o'reilly would correct himself so here is i'm going to now this uh here is bill o'reilly this is when Chris Matthews was betting that he would correct himself. Here's the story he ran. Here's the story he ran with that night. 
Hi, I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks for watching us tonight. Another Obama official forced out, and the network news ignores it. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo, as we told you last night. Department of Agriculture official Shirley Sherrod admitted that years ago, she held back some government assistance from a white farmer because of the color of his skin. Okay, now what he's doing here is one of my favorite things. He's, uh, he's pushing two false narratives at once. The first false narrative is that the, the, uh, the mainstream media doesn't report on stories that are important to you if they look bad for the Obama administration because they're liberal. It's another thing that the media is liberal. That's the false number one. Number two is that Shirley Sherrod is using her government position to be a racist. So that's already been debunked. He repeats it. Not only does he repeat it, not only does he not apologize for Fox News pushing a false story for 24 hours, he then doubles down and points his finger at the mainstream media for not reporting it. Because they didn't pile up. Okay, so that's with Bill. O so not only did he not, so it gets worse. So he goes ahead and he plays the worst part of the, sh the, the misleading part of the Shirley Sherrod thing. He, he plays that if you can't make it in. Well, after hearing that, I said this. Well, that is simply unacceptable, and Ms. Sherrod must resign immediately. The federal government cannot have skin color deciding any assistance. And that's exactly what happened. Department of Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack fired Ms. Sherrod. But if you were watching the network news last night, you would know nothing about the story. Once again, an embarrassing moment for the Obama administration was not covered. So he did not, he did not, Chris Matthews, you're betting on it, you lost that bet. And why do people keep saying that about Bill O'Reilly? Why do I bump into people who go, Bill O'Reilly, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of a moderate. The guy is pushing the fault, there's the, the false stories of the Fox News. The media, the mainstream media is liberal, that the, the reverse racism happens in America, and that Barack Obama and the Democrats are taking all the money from the white people and giving it to poor blacks. And that's what's bankrupting America. Those are the three big false stories. It's the Southern strategy. Okay, I'm just picturing how much your head would have exploded if you lived in South America in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been beside your. You think this is bad? What goes on in this country? I mean, in the on the scale of corruption and human rights abuses, and and I think it's horrible what what Fox News is doing. It's just your lever, your your level of outrage and disbelief is is would be humorous to the majority of the population. It'd be like. He's still got his limbs, right? Yeah. What I is was, he angry about? I was wondering if there was something you could say that would totally take the wind out of this discussion. And that is probably it. I, if you could somehow trivialize the greater point that we're making here that spans two weeks on the show. If there was someone you could just totally kneecap me in this discussion, I was thinking that would be it. Jimmy, what if you were around during World War II? They were throwing people in ovens. I can't believe you could ever be upset about something because there was something worse before hours to occupy it was easy when I didn't know you yet things I'd have to forget but I better be quiet now tired of wasting my breath Carrying on, getting upset
By the way, when you ask uh, Shirley, she says, no, no, no. It's the White House reacted to, obviously, uh, conservative websites and Fox News pressure. And uh, what Fox News did to me instantly, in less than 24 hours, uh, let me be clear about it, was racist. And she's 100% right. Because the whole Fox News uh, modus operandi and what we showed you on Monday's show is, oh, look at all these blacks. Oh, they hate white people. They want to take white people's money. They're Marxists. They're Maoists. They're the racists. And that's, that's how Van Jones is. That's how uh, NAACP is. That's how Acorn is. And look at this. We found another one of these black people, Shirley Sherrod. And look, she hates white people. And she's a Maoist Marxist. You see how Shirley Sherrod is? You know what that is? Sherrod is right. That's racist. Because they want to pit white people against black people. They want to pretend that the black people are trying to take white people's money. If you don't believe me, watch the clip we did on Monday where I showed you clips and quotes from Beck and Limbaugh where they talk about how the whole point of black churches and this black administration, Obama's administration, is reparations and redistribution of wealth, taking white people's money and giving it to black people. So is Fox News racist? Hell yes, they're racist. All right. Um, you want me to keep going? NAACP is, by the way, backpedaled. They said, oh, yeah, of course we were on our side. To be fair to them, though, uh, they said, look, it was our bad. Okay? We shouldn't have done what we did. They're the only ones so far that have come out, in my estimation, with a real apology. The White House is still in the middle of a back puddle uh, because Hannity and O'Reilly haven't finished their program, so they don't know what to say yet. You know, they got the okay from Beck, so they feel all right to say, well, you know, sure, I think we're going to try to rehire her. We'll see how it goes. And we apologize to her because, uh, you know, we sh this shouldn't have happened. Uh, but uh, let me stop watching uh, the factor first, and then I'll come back and talk to you again. Uh, and, uh, but the NAACP said, no, 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 no hands of sir butts about it. Uh, we screwed up, and, it, and, that it, and that's that. Okay, one more thing. Oh, two more things real quick, actually. Jane Hampshire had an excellent uh, write-up on this on Fire Dog Lake. Uh, she said a lot of things that I've been saying uh, in, uh, in the course of these uh, last 40 minutes, which is, uh, is there any chance that the White House would listen to a progressive? Is there any chance that the White House would give as much influence to progressives as they do to Fox News or to Andrew Breitbart. And as you read it, you think what everybody knows. It's inconceivable. Inconceivable. You remember what Rahm Emanuel called uh, progressives? Fucking retards. Because he's a fucking genius. He's the genius who decides what he's going to do in a Democratic administration based on what Glenn Beck and O'Reilly say. But we're fucking retards. Yeah, you, sound re you look really smart now, Rahm. You and your deputy chief of staff, Jim Messina, you all look like geniuses. Congratulations. It's hard to have any respect for them. Any. All right, one more thing. So they get, it's Fox News racist, right? I told you they're trying to get people riled up against the NAACP, against the administration, et cetera, et cetera. Now, did it work? <laughs> Given Fox News' audience, what do you think? Do you think it might have worked? Let's go to a clip uh, of uh, some voicemails left on the NAACP's Hollywood Bureau. You might get a sense of uh, what conservatives have been egged on to believe about the NAACP. 
Of course you won't answer the phone yourself, because you're chicken shit racist niggers. The entire black race is nothing but a have-not bunch of bums. You can't work for yourself. All you do is suck off the white man. Hmm. Fuck you, motherfuckers! Fuck you! You want a race war? You got it, motherfucker! You want to fucking kill our babies and kill white people? You, you're gonna fucking, you know, the, the streets will run red with blood. The streets will run red with your blood. Fuck you! Hmm. The redistribution of wealth. You want to take white people's money. Uh, you want to kill our babies. You know how about how Fox News is always saying about, oh, they're baby killers, they're baby killers, right? Now we connect that to black people. Why? Because the Obama administration is Democrat, they're pro-choice, and he's black. So you connect all of it to the, and to the latest uh, uh, victim of Fox News, the NAACP. Now, you're going to say, well, wait, that's, they're not responsible for that. And look, that guy said it in a raw way, what Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck say every day, right? Now, he's, he's not as savvy as them. So he just says it. Oh, by the way, what's the other thing he want to do? He wants to start a race war. He wants to grab his guns. Where did he hear that? Now, you can say, well, that's unfair. No, I'm not saying that guy is the same thing as Fox News, okay? But what I'm asking you is, without having li listened to Fox News and Rush Limbaugh, do you think that guy would have left that voicemail over this period of time in the NAACP's voicemail? Now, seriously, if you're a conservative or a Republican or you love these guys, you think he probably unegged on by Fox News or any of this, he probably would have left that message for the NAACP at this time either way. No, you don't think that. Nobody can possibly believe that. He left that voicemail for the NAACP because he heard on the radio and he watched on television that the NAACP is a racist against white people and that they want to race one and they want to kill your children and take your money. Where did he get that idea? He got it on Fox News and Rush Limbaugh. You can support this podcast at no additional cost yourself when you shop at Amazon through a special widget posted at bestoftheleft.com. You can use the widget to search for what you're looking for or simply click through and shop the site normally. Better yet, click through on the widget once and bookmark that page to use every single time you shop. By doing this, Amazon will donate around 7 or 8% of the cost of your order to support this show without adding a dime to your bill. It's very little effort on your part, but can make a huge difference to support the show. Check out the widget on the right side of bestoftheleft.com. Thanks so much for your support. We begin tonight with Barack Obama lashing out publicly against bogus claims of racism leveled against an African-American woman who was associated with him. We've seen this before. There is dirt and lies that are circulated in email, and they pump them out long enough until finally you, a mainstream reporter, asks me about them. My hope is, is that... People don't play this game. Uh, it, it's, it is a destructive aspect of our politics right now. Uh, and simply because something appears in an email, uh, that should lend it no more credence than if you heard it on the corner. That was Barack Obama on board his campaign plane back in 2008, fiercely rebutting claims that his wife, Michelle Obama, ever used the term whitey. 
Remember the fake whitey controversy that turned out to be a made-up smear during the presidential campaign in 2008? No truth to it whatsoever. And that's how Barack Obama, the candidate, responded to it. About a week later, another made-up controversy started to gain some traction in the mainstream media. The idea was that Barack Obama was secretly foreign. That Barack Obama was secretly born in Kenya or Indonesia and he didn't have a legitimate U.S. birth certificate. The birther conspiracy, of course. In order to debunk that one, the Obama campaign went on the offense in a big way. They launched a website called fightthesmears.com. Fightthesmears.com had a whole page dedicated to debunking the birther conspiracy. The page detailed the actual facts about Mr. Obama's citizenship, complete with his certification of live birth. But the Obama campaign wasn't satisfied with just debunking, with just answering the birther smear or the whitey smear. Their strategy was about more than that. It was about naming and shaming the people behind those smears. Fightthesmears.com had a whole page solely dedicated to exposing the perpetrators of these smears. Basically an interactive map listing various right-wing groups, Republican political operatives, even previous smears that these individuals had been involved in. The strategy was not only to discredit the smear, but also the smearer. Here's how a campaign spokesman summed it up at the time. He said, quote, The Obama campaign isn't going to let dishonest smears spread across the Internet unanswered. It's not enough to just know the truth. We have to be proactive and fight back. That was the strategy back then. And you know what? It worked. The ultimate effect of this aggressive pushback against birtherism, right, was that birtherism became more of a liability for the birthers themselves than for the secretly Kenyan Muslim Indonesian guy they were uh, trying to destroy. The the birther thing was a totally dishonest, race-based stunt that had no basis in fact. And because of the proactive fight-back strategy of the Obama campaign, it not only didn't succeed, it backfired. In fact, it's still backfiring. Late last night, a Kansas newspaper that had previously endorsed a Republican congressional candidate named Tracy Mann abruptly took back their endorsement because they learned that Tracy Mann is a birther. The Hutchinson News editorial board wrote last night, quote, we were wrong and we withdraw that endorsement. Quite simply, the reason is that it turns out Mann is what's known as a birther. That this even continues as an issue is appalling, which is why we didn't think to pose the question to Mann or any of the other candidates. Beyond full-blown birthers being full-on rejected in mainstream politics, Anyone even flirting with the birther wing nuttery, any politician who doesn't explicitly reject the birther conspiracy, now gets saddled with the hilarious label, birther curious. Republican Senator David Vitter of Louisiana got tagged as birther curious last week after he sidled up to the theory and winked. The resultant mockery and criticism forced the senator to say later explicitly, quote, I'm not a birther. Birtherism is now being used even by Republicans as a way to attack other Republicans. Check out this John McCain ad against his Republican primary opponent, J.D. Hayworth. Uh, Obama is completely illegitimate for U.S. presidency for two reasons. Not only because he did not provide the place of his birth, but also because both parents have to be U.S. citizens. Obama knows he is not natural born, as he knows where he was born, and he knows he was adopted in Indonesia. Questions continue. And until President Obama signs his name 
And in fact, as the records revealed, the questions will remain. The only difference between these people? Only one is running for the U.S. Senate. That's what happens now to birther politicians, or even birther-connected politicians, or even birther, non-birther politicians who sometimes say nice things or even vaguely encouraging things to people who may be birthers. You get linked with birtherism, you get linked with crazy people like Orly Tates. I mean, think about your reaction when I even say the name Orly Tates right now. To be a birther is a huge political liability in the United States of America in 2010 because of the Obama strategy as they said, to be proactive and fight back. Because of that aggressive strategy against the birthers, that ridiculous smear has so backfired on the people who push it that this is the reaction you get when you try to push it into the mainstream now. Watch this. Why can't the president respond to the petitioned requests of 400,000 American citizens by releasing a certified copy of his long-form birth certificate listing hospital. <laughs> 400,000. Are you looking for the president's birth certificate? Yep. It's on the internet. No, no, no. no. The, the long-form <laughs> listing his hospital and physician. Lester, th- this, is, uh, con- this question in many ways continues to astound me. What's relevant about that is not just that the press secretary is laughing at the reporter who's asking it, it's that everybody else in the press room is laughing at the reporter asking it. Barack Obama and his campaign team expertly diffused the race-baiting birther smear, the any guy who looks like that can't be a real American smear, and turned it into a joke, turned it against those perpetrating it. It was textbook political savvy. And then Barack Obama, the candidate, became Barack Obama, the president. And every subsequent race-based, unsubstantiated smear perpetrated by right-wing activists with the help of Fox News has been met instead with submission by the administration. No aggressive pushback, no strategy to discredit those pushing the smears. Did fightthesmears.com become fightthesmears.gov? Yeah, right. Out went Van Jones, out went Acorn, out went Shirley Sherrod. If the Obama administration recognized in these smears the fact that they are the same political attack that they were during the campaign, then the Star Wars bar scene cast of characters who pushed these ridiculous race-baiting smears would have the same reputation that Orly Tates does today. There's all this lamentation right now about why the Obama administration did the wrong thing with the Shirley Sherrod situation. Why do they keep getting bullied like this? Why do they keep letting these people using these ham-handed, totally disprovable, race-baiting smears get what they want, thereby encouraging more of them and hurting themselves in the process? Why do they keep doing this? Why can't they stand up to this type of racial political bullying? Turns out they can. They know how to do it. They have done it in the past. They have these muscles atrophied since the campaign, surely, but they are there. Can they still flex them?
here in San Diego today, Shirley Sherrod said that everything she has gone through will be worth it if it encourages more meaningful conversations about race in this country. But as a result of her recent experiences, she added that she personally will never have a conversation with Fox News. Our fifth story, Ms. Sherrod also suggested that President Obama was in need of a history lesson on the South, and she offered to give him one herself on a tour through rural Georgia. The former USDA employee who lost her job over a manipulated videotape joined a panel discussion at the National Association of Black Journalists Convention and revealed that she has not yet decided whether to accept a different position with the Agriculture Department. Two things Sherrod does sound determined to do. Sue Andrew Breitbart and never appear on Fox News. I will not give Fox an interview, period. You know, because they had their chance to, to get the truth out. And they were not interested in the truth. And I don't think they're interested in the truth now. They're just interested in whatever message Breitbart and those who work with him, those from, I don't know whether it's the Tea Party or who it is, but that's the only message they're interested in getting out. And I think they were not interested, period, in helping me to get the truth out there. They would have twisted it. They won't have that opportunity from me. No comment yet today from an uncharacteristically quiet Andrew Breitbart. But Fox News Channel's senior vice president for news, Michael Clemente, has admitted it was a mistake to run the Sherrod story before all the facts were in. There was a breakdown in the system, Mr. Clemente told Politico.com, and it is being addressed. Back in San Diego, Ms. Sherrod also addressed comments in which she said that younger African Americans needed to brush up on the civil rights struggles that their ancestors faced. She even said the president was among those in need of a history lesson. Those of us who were in the civil rights struggle from 50 years or more ago um, were hurt in many, many, many ways. Um, we tried, I think, too much to shield that hurt and pain from younger people. So many of them don't know their history. And I really think we have to do a better job of helping those individuals who will get these positions in the media, in our educational institutions, in the presidency. Uh, we have to make sure they understand the history so that they can do a better job in the positions that they have to help move all of us forward. Now I have to ask, uh, were you referring to President Obama when you made that comment? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Urban League in Washington this morning, President Obama said it was time for all Americans to learn from the controversy, in which he said Ms. Sherrod was an innocent victim. She deserves better than what happened last week. When a bogus controversy, based on selective and deceiving excerpts of a speech, led, her, led to her forced resignation. Now many are to blame for the reaction and overreaction that followed these comments, including my own administration. And what I said to Shirley was that the full story she was trying to tell, 
a story about overcoming our own biases and recognizing ourselves and folks who on the surface seem different is exactly the kind of story we need to hear in America. It, it's exactly what we need to hear because we've all got our biases. And rather than jump to conclusions and point fingers and play some of the games that are played on cable TV, we should all look inward and try to examine what's in our own hearts. Secret heart, what are you made of? What are you so afraid of? Could it be three simple words? All the fear of being overheard, what's wrong? Yesterday on the program, uh, we told you about Shirley Sherrod. She gets uh, thrown out by the White House. I'm sorry, not the White House. Uh, Tom Vilsack at the Agriculture Department of the White House had nothing to do with it. Except we hear that Jim Messina, the Deputy Chief of Staff, uh, Rahm Emanuel's right-hand man, uh, as soon as she was fired in the morning meeting, told everybody, oh, great job in firing her. Fantastic job. Way to move fast so that this didn't become, quote, a media circus. So you bowed your heads to Fox News really, really quickly. Nicely done. That's what the Obama White House loves. So what, what got him so scared uh, about Shirley Sherrod? Well, why couldn't they wait a day to, one, talk to her to get her side of the uh, story, or two, wait till the whole tape comes out to see if there was context to it? Why did they panic so quickly? Because of the Fox News barrage. Now, JR put this uh, collection together of Fox News clips. This is basically less than 24 hours, because the tape comes out on BigGovernment.com. They go ballistic on it. It came out to the, where Glenn Beck said he came out and he could, didn't have a chance to comment on it because it was too early for his program. Like, he missed it, right? So then it starts with Hannity and, and O'Reilly. It stretches into their morning program. It stretches into their news hours and comes back around. And by that time, by the time Beck comes back around, she's fired, okay? And, and you'll see on tape... They told her, we've got to get rid of you before Beck comes on. Oh, that's so pathetic. Oh, God, it's revolting. So what sent him into a panic? Well, JR put the Fox News clip together. Here's what they did in under 24 hours. Hey, how about this? You know, last week, the NAACP condemned the Tea Party as having racist elements. And then this video showed up. We're going to play a little snippet, part of the shocking video. Part of the speech. At an NAACP event when she said this. I was struck by the fact that so many black people have lost their homeland. And here I was faced with having to have a white person say, they're going to racially charged things, the new Black Panther Party in the Department of Justice and Eric Holder. If it was a white uh, person speaking at a Tea Party event, uh, joking how he had kept the black man down, it would be 
massive. If there was a white person on there and a black person there, and I don't want to get all into the weeds here, but... The question is, how many more people like Ms. Sherrod yeah. exist in the Obama administration? Black racist, any more than you can be a white racist. Ben Jealous was at a meeting with Louis Farrakhan. I would find it very hard to sit down with the NAACP. No, I, I hear you. I didn't think what she said was really, really that really? bad. I, the, what? Look, the, because the clip everybody is showing, you're cutting off the first part of the clip. With Who the is this guy? <laughs> with the, with <laughs> clearly, what she said was a racist thing right, and I don't believe we took it out of context what we did was we took the racist part <laughs> she didn't offer any substantive proof that this guy was racist to her but she showed that she was racist to him there's a bigger political story uh, going on with this uh, for the Obama administration controversy with the Justice Department and the new Black Panther Party Henry Louis Gates incident and the president's comments about that it goes back all the way to Reverend Wright losing support among white voters alienates some white voters who think maybe they wouldn't get a fair shake and pretty much confirming what many of us thought about people who've burrowed their way into the Obama administration with radical and radical outlooks a radical agenda, and in this case, a racist sentiment expressed clearly by her. And they're like the official. They make comments like this. They got to go. She went. And I'm glad Vilsack, the secretary of the agriculture department, fired her. Secretary Vilsack did exactly the right thing. Firing her, viciously racist attitude, was exactly the right thing to do. And the NAACP has become a, a push organization for uh, uh, racist sentiments in many ways. I mean, they got busted, and it's yeah. great. I mean, Breitbart, way to go, man. Yeah. Love you for putting out that tape. And Andrew Breitbart, by the way, did a great piece uh, on this whole thing. Fantastic. Things that were said about the Tea Party, so inaccurate, so over the top, so lacking in evidence, uh, it's almost hard to begin a dialogue when everything is predicated on, a, on false charges and a false statement. It reminds you a little bit of what happened when Barack Obama was sitting in the pews, you know, all those years when the Reverend uh, Jeremiah Wright was saying all sorts of, uh, you know, nutty and crazy and inflammatory things about the United States of America. Okay, the Tea Party is racist the tea party you know the tea party members uttered these racial epithets when there's no evidence seems to me that you're starting out at a decided disadvantage sure if you don't demand honesty up front and an apology that's why we are a dominant number one and i submit we have far more influence than the network news does believe me president obama every senator every congressperson know exactly what we are reporting here well, that is exactly right. The one part I agree with is Bill O'Reilly at the end there. The White House is sitting around going, what's Fox News saying? Oh, my God, what are they saying? Oh, they don't like us. Let's react. Let's panic. How many times can I say pathetic? Okay, so what did Fox News do? By the way, now Fox News, oh, they're pretending they had nothing to do with it, right? They, it's viciously racist. Obviously racist. Well, we just took the racist part. Oh, 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 oh. Confirming what a lot of us already thought. And the point they're trying to drive home is, no, the, these black people are racist against whites. That's the real problem. That's what the Obama administration is all about. Then we find out, no, that it was totally wrong. The farmers have come out and said, no, she helped us tremendously. <laughs> the guy, though, is 87 now, the white farmer, the, uh, the husband in the group. He's great. And he was on CNN and he's like, look, this is hogwash. Okay, she's fantastic. Without her, we wouldn't have had a farm, etc., etc. Now, Glenn Beck comes back on, his first chance to comment on it, and he's like, you see how terrible the White House is? 
for firing her? What? Fox News had nothing to do with it. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. In fact, he says, he thinks there's a conspiracy involved. And that they pressured this poor woman, because Glenn Beck is in, on the side of the decent black folks in the country, like Shirley Sherrod. And they pressured her to, get, to resign because there's something nefarious afoot. He spent 17 minutes trying to figure out what that was, at the end he couldn't. But he just kept, you know, throwing stuff up against the wall. Oh, you know, uh, they took away her due process. They acted too quickly, like they did with the Harvard and the cops situation, and where they judged the, the police wrongly, and he played that clip, and they fired this poor woman, and, and you know, uh, see, there's political reasons behind this, and the NAACP, I can't believe they condemned her, based on what we said. I mean, what, me, us? As if what we just showed you never happened on Fox News. So now, Obama administration, are you happy? You got a double whammy. First, they kicked the crap out of you for something that didn't exist. Like a coward, you bowed your head to them. And now they're kicking the crap out of you for doing that and for firing her in the wrong way. Uh, did that work out for you? Did appeasing Fox News work out for you? And by the way, if you're not clear that they were trying to appease Fox News, get a load of this interview with Shirley Sherrod, and Beck is going to show it, and he's going to kind of gloat here, like, oh, me? All right, let's watch. All right, clip number five. Why am I out? They asked me to resign. And in fact, they harassed me as I was driving back to the state office from West Point, Georgia yesterday. I had at least three calls telling me the White House wanted me to resign. So the pressure came from the White House. And... And the last one asked me to pull over to the side of the road and do it. She said, well, surely they want you to pull over to the side of the road and do it. Because you are going to be on Glenn Beck tonight. I think, I really truly believe they are trying to make me into the bully. No! When Fox News ain't the bully, they would never bully anyone. Those tapes don't exist. Glenn Beck bullying them on Van Jones or Anita Dunn or any of the other Maoists or Acorn or any of those other people that they went after. Uh, oh, no. He, Don Johnson? No, he would never do that. They're trying to make me out to be the bully. When, of course, Glenn Beck is the victim. But forget that. Did you see what she said there? That, to me, was the telling point. They said, Glenn Beck is going to talk about you tonight. we got to fire you. Pull over to the side of the road. Pull over to the side of the road. Resign before Glenn Beck gets on air. You... I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to hold back from saying the P word. I keep using the word pushover, but let's keep it real, man. You know, you know what they are. All right, I'll be more polite. They're cowards. They're so scared of Glenn Beck. I can't tell you how sad that is. These are the guys we elected? Look, at least when Republicans elect people, they might be vicious, and they might start wars you don't like, and they might give all the money to the rich, but they do what they're going to do. and They say it, they do it, and they're not scared of the Democrats. They're not scared of their own shadow. Can you imagine a Republican saying, Oh my God, hurry up! Fire someone before Rachel Maddow comes on air! Before Air America talks about it back in the day. <laughs> Bush, Air America. <laughs> oh, my God. And these 
pushovers at the White House in a panic, in a cold sweat over what Glenn Beck and O'Reilly are going to say. Sickening, it's revolting. When are you going to stop? See, that's why we don't think you have any balls. We don't think you're a leader because you keep showing weakness over and over and over. How weak can you be? Thanks for listening, everyone. So I was listening to a show today, and uh, it, it's a show very similar to this one in that, you know, it's another independent producer, uh, you know, is has, has a decent audience, is trying to make a little bit of money uh, from his show. He solicits for donations. He even has the, uh, the Amazon.com uh, widget on his site, those sorts of things. And so I was listening to his show, and he took a little break to talk about, you know, begging for donations that sort of thing and just as we all do and uh and i was i was very um relieved maybe the word to when i heard him say that uh that that this month you know i guess he was talking about uh, july uh that donations were really down and so he was saying you know if, if you can if you can give a little bit more um, or, you know, if you've been thinking of giving and, uh, and you just haven't yet, this would be a really great time because, because uh, donations are down. And I was relieved to hear that because honestly, the first thing that went through my mind was, oh good, I'm not the only one. <laughs> and, and he, you know, speculated, oh, it's summertime. I don't know. People are on vacation, whatever. It's, it's the slow time of year. And so he was saying, well, who knows? Maybe that's that's why. Um, but anyway, so I, I bring that up to, to make the same statement myself, really, and just kind of let you know about that fact. Uh, so if that means anything to you, donations are a little bit down. So I will say, just as he did, uh, you know, if you can uh, give, you've been meaning to donate to the show, this would be a really great time to do it. Um but also, I wanted to take uh, time at the end uh, at the end of this show to mention, you know, all the other things you can do because there's there's a lot there's so many things that you can do to support the show. Uh, you know, donating or memberships are is just part of it, and uh, and everything else is free besides that. You know, all, all, almost uh, entirely. And uh, but there's so much to say uh, that I end up not talking about them regularly. So uh, let's quickly go down the list. First of all, uh, promotion is huge. Just uh, helping more people find the show is such a big deal. So uh, one thing you can do that you do it once and you never have to do it again is to leave a review in iTunes. It's really simple. There's a link on my website, but you can also search for the show in iTunes uh, and give it a five-star review, I hope, if that's what you think, and, uh, and then leave a little review and that helps boost uh, kind of boost the show's recognition within the iTunes store. And of course, uh, about 75% or more of all the people in the world who get their uh, podcast get, get it through iTunes. So that's, of course, where you want to be recognized. Also, Podcast Alley. I've, I've been mentioning um, over the past shows and, and last month that I am really supportive of this new idea that uh, that I would love to have you guys vote for not only my show but 
all of the progressive shows that are really making a go for it in Podcast Alley. Uh, and, you know, the hope is to one day just have progressive shows dominate that top 10 list. So right now we have The Young Turks, The Blast the Right podcast, really old school, uh, you know, really progressive show. And then, of course, Best of the Left. So just and right now we're all in the top 10 list. And all I'm asking is you go and vote for all of those shows and help get us right up in the one, two, and three slots. That would be awesome. Continuing on the promotion front, of course, the single biggest influence you can have on getting someone to listen to the show is by telling the people you personally know about it. I, I promise you, is the number one way that podcasts get spread around. Uh, you know, they spread virally. If you like this show, you like the service it provides, and so on and so on, honestly, take a couple of minutes, tell your friends and family and coworkers about it, and uh, and uh, really, I, I, I hear these stories all the time. Um, they will thank you for it. Your, your friends and family, if they like the same sort of politics you do, uh, they will appreciate that you took the time to tell them about it and won't be irritated. So if you can take the time, write a, you know one email and put five or ten uh, email addresses in the slot, you can absolutely consider your debt paid for enjoying this free podcast. And now moving on to things that cost a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of money. I just want to mention, uh, as I do every once in a while, that uh, we actually have an iPhone application. I, I mention it in passing at the beginning of every show, but of course, uh, just a little bit of details. You know, it's uh, it's it's so cheap. It's two bucks, so it's really not a fundraising device for the show. It's just, uh, you know, I didn't produce the app myself, so uh, the people who did produce it have to get paid. So we have to sell it. So. That's why it costs any money at all. Uh, you know, if I could have written it myself, I might even give it away for free. The, the idea is just to uh, give people another way to access the show. Uh, it gives you access to all of the archives of the show. You can um, you can listen to the show without it taking up space on your i device, and uh, and so there's all sorts of great benefits. And then you even get a, a, a bonus video clip uh, packaged with every episode. So that's pretty cool too. Obviously, that's in the iTunes uh, Music Store as well. If you have that and like it, I would love it if you went and left a review in the iTunes Store for the app. And and you know, if you like it, give it five stars. Write a little bit about it and so forth. That would really help uh, get the app a little bit more uh, recognition in the store. And hopefully, more people will find the show uh, just by finding that. Now, of course, this doesn't cost you any more money than usual, but uh, for those times you go shopping, as you hear me mention in my little commercial in every show, uh, shopping on Amazon through my website really makes a genuinely big difference. Uh, it, it's it's really simple, and what I recommend is uh, clicking through. I now have a banner link at the top of the page as well as the little uh, search widget you can use. Uh, keep in mind, if you have ad-blocking software on your computer, either at work or at home, as you know often happens, uh, they may not show up. So that's what's going on. If you don't see them, that's what's going on. So now, of course, what I recommend is clicking through to Amazon and saving that, you know, bookmarking that link uh, so that every time you shop on Amazon using that link, it gives me credit for it and helps us support the show. And just take my word for it, it's making a huge difference. It's, it's, it's really become... Uh, a, a big part of what makes the show possible at, the, at, at this current pace. And then finally, last but of course not least, uh, most importantly, uh, as I always say, say, the backbone of the show 
is just the straight up, uh, you know, donations and uh, and membership signups. I would love nothing more than to be able to do this show for free. Uh, it's just not in the cards in in our current um, paradigm. So uh, if if you're able to support the show and and you want to do it, you know, five bucks is enough to put a big smile on my face. You know, whether it's a one-time donation. Or, uh, or a membership sign up that that's a recurring donation every month or every year, however you want to do it. Um, you know, really any amount makes a huge difference because when it all comes together, it actually you know pays for rent and food and all these sorts of things that make the show possible. So there you go. That is the whole rundown of everything you can do to support the show. It took me an incredibly long time to say all of those things and so of course you understand why I don't mention all of them very often but uh, but I do like to get it out every once in a while so thank you very much to everyone who supports the show in any way you do at all even if it's just listening just listening to the show is uh, is supporting the show in my book but of course I do want to thank a couple of members in particular which I do every show I want to thank Cheryl K today and who signed up for a monthly membership on April 19th and my personal friend Keith S., who signed up for a, uh, a yearly membership starting on May 2nd. Huge thanks to all those members. You guys know I just couldn't do it without you. So that's going to do it for today. Coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you 10 times a month, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. Apart a picture that wasn't right Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only